Welcome on in, everyone, to this week's edition of OA News Overtime. I'm Sarah Pacheski. I'm here with Justin Lee and Jordan Hill. So, guys, say hey. What's going on? Sarah, our hearts are dashed. Uh, we attempted to secure the PS5. It did not work. Um, anyone who followed Jordan Peters on social media knows the struggle that we're going through right now. It's tough. It's tough. How's, it, how's things over there, Jordan? It's good. Um, as we record, we're getting done with uh, had a local basketball team, Glenwood, won a state title. So a little bit more chipper mood over here than, than at the Lee household. So <laughs> down on Wire Road. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask okay. how your whole weeks are going, but I guess Justin's response of not being able to get a PS5 is kind of descriptive enough of how his week's going. They just don't. They, I guess because of COVID, they can't manufacture the parts for this thing fast enough. So they put you in a queue and it's a lottery. And I, I did not win. I did not win the lottery. I hate to say it. Well, so what have you guys been up to this week? Justin, I know trying to get a PS5. Uh, not a whole lot of Auburn sports <laughs> this week. Had a lot of Auburn sports scheduled. Not a lot of Auburn sports played. Had a couple of former Auburn coaches in the news. How about that? Yeah, so why don't we dive right into that? You know, um, we got the news earlier this week. I don't even remember what day that was. Was that Monday that we found out that Gus Malzahn mm -hmm. is headed to UCF? Was that Monday or Tuesday we found that out? Monday, officially, the, the hire was officially made Monday. He was introduced that afternoon, and yeah, Gus Bust headed to Orlando. And can we just give Jordan and Justin some appreciation right now for the wonderful headline they put in print, I guess, on Tuesday's edition announcing the Gus bus has landed in Orlando. Orlando, boom. And we got to give credit to a Twitter user who sent it our way. Uh, he had tweeted it at uh, Josh Vitale, and we were like, we got it. As long as you're good with it, we're going to run it. He said free headline to anyone who wants it. And I messaged Jordan's like, we're using that, do it. And now War Tampa has renamed to War Ready, which was also a kicker that we used last year. So now Gus might just change his name. He might go to the courthouse and change his name to Orlando Boom. That'd be something, but yeah. I'm not saying it's all because of the Black Auburn news, but I'm also not not We're not saying, not saying that at all. So, I mean, now Gus Malzahn now has even more money to be able to go do that. So found out he's making $11.5 at UCF. And, you know, on top of a $21.5 million buyout from Auburn, I'm saying he's not having too bad of a year. Pretty good. And living in Florida, too. How about that? Um, and, uh, I mean, his first big hire, of course, is T-Will, which is another big thing. Uh, Jordan, I want to know what you think about it. I think it was a great move. I mean, that's no surprise to anybody who's heard me. Uh, what do you think, Jordan? I agree. I think that, you know, one, I think Gus Landon at UCF, if he was going to coach, you know, I was kind of convinced he was going to take a year off. And based on what Gus was saying at his intro press conference, that's what he was going to do. He was going to take a year off. Maybe do TV, which I would have loved to have seen one <laughs> on, on TV every Saturday would have looked like. But that UCF job came open. And I'll be honest, you can make an argument outside of Auburn that that might have been the best job that opened this cycle. It, it was a really good, certainly the best group of five job that opened. Um, but he pounced on it, and I think it could work out well for Gus there. But I think hiring Travis Williams – I mean, Justin, we talked about it wasn't a crazy idea for Travis Williams to be the head coach at Auburn. <laughs> yeah. for, I mean, to me, for him to be hired as the defensive coordinator at UCF1, I think that's a big step in the right direction for T. Will for his career. You know, he was a co-defensive coordinator. 
at Auburn, but Kevin Still was obviously the, the primary defensive coordinator. So it's a step forward with a really good UCF team. I think they w are walking into a good situation with UCF in the AAC. They got to deal with teams like Cincinnati. So it won't be, you know, it won't be easy, but, but they walk in a lot of talent. Uh, and I think it works that those guys have recruited Florida and, and the Southeast a lot. So, you know, the more I've thought about it, I think it works out well. Um, for Gus and for T. Will, and, and interested to see what it looks like the next few years. Really interested to see what that offense looks like because you know, that's not exactly what Gus is known for. Isn't exactly what UCF has been doing the last few years and what's made them successful. But I mean, Gus has got a track record, and and he's got a track record in the Group of Five when he was offensive coordinator at Tulsa. And even though it was just one year at Arkansas State, they were really, really good at Arkansas State. So I think as far as landing spots for Gus, if he was going to coach, I think it's a perfect landing spot, and I think it's going to be really fun to see what he's able to do there, and if he can, you know, get UCF to that upper echelon that he really talked about a lot in the intro press conference on Monday. I'll tell you what's interesting about T. Will um, is that with Gus, you know, Gus is, I mean, he's hands off on defense. Obviously, all his players love him, including the defensive guys. Uh, you can, you know, you could see the reaction when when he was fired. You know, even the defensive guys love Gus. But like as far as day to day practice, practice down to down, I mean. You know, he, he's pretty hands off on defense. You know, it's not like it's not like T. Will's a defensive coordinator for a Jeremy Pruitt or somebody like that. He's going to run that thing. That's going to be his deal. So, I mean, that's a huge I feel like that's a huge step for him um, and a huge proving ground for T. Will, who, you know, I thought was one of the rising coaches in the SEC. So um, I think that's pretty interesting, though, because, you know, it's like you have a defensive coordinator job and then that's almost a, a super D.C. because you have a you have an offensive minded coach. It's almost more important at a, at a place where you have an offensive-minded head coach who also said he's calling the plays. So he'll be as in the weeds as ever on offense. So, I mean, yeah, but that's um, – I'm going to be super interested in, in how T. Will does. But, I mean, I, I think he's up for the challenge. Um, but, yeah, I think he could turn into – you know, I think it's a great move for him in his career because he's a he could be a star. He could be a rising star in coaching. And I think to the point you made, because Justin, we had kind of wondered off the podcast if, you know, a reunion with Gus is something he wanted. Maybe he wanted to go forge his own path. But I think it makes sense in the thing you just said, that he knows that Gus is not going to be hands-on with the defense. If, you know, if T. Will is given the offer, hey, we want you to come be defensive coordinator, like you said, he's running the defense. It will be his defense. It won't be, and you know, the defense in his name alone. Right. Yeah. And that's not necessarily not necessarily an indictment on Gus, what we're talking about, but sometimes it's better to go prove yourself somewhere else. Go prove yourself with other people, show that you can do it on your own a little bit. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm with you. The opportunity is a little too much. You know, what I mean, you, you fear maybe being typecast, I guess, with with your coach and staying in that coaching tree. But that the opportunity is too great. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's a great move for him. And I want to hit on to the, the point you made about Gus calling the offense. I mean, I think that this, I think that's the perfect way for him to handle this. If he wants to take this as a chance to prove that what he does works, he's yeah. going to do it on his terms. And you could tell that by what he talked about in his intro press conference, basically I'm calling the plays and I'm calling the plays the rest of my career. You know, yeah. He kind of gotten away from that. And, you know, we had seen him, you know, divvy back to where he was calling plays at Auburn. Then he hired Chad Morris. He's going to let Chad call it. I think that's the right decision as far as Gus's career is concerned. It's like, if, if we're going to do it, it's going to be on my terms and we're going to see how it plays out. Yep.
I still can't get over the fact that after getting $21.8 million in the middle of a pandemic, Gus Malzahn would go coach. If it was me personally, I think I would probably try and buy private island, move there, and not work a day in my life again. <laughs> That's how that man is wired. It's crazy, man. He's, he's eating, sleeping, and breathing football. I was surprised to hear that he was talking about taking a year off. Like, I, was, I thought maybe at worst he'd go be an analyst because he eats and breathes football, man. And uh, I, I don't think he could have stayed around it away from it uh, from long and he sure did. And I think you see a lot of guys wired this way and it's a product of coaching. Listen to these college coaches like talk about, you know, regularly sleeping in their offices. You know, it you are committing to football for life when you're a college coach at this level. And I think that Gus is one of several coaches that we've seen do that. I mean, we've even seen, you know, guys that have taken buyouts, you know, in other places and just hit the ground running. They, they eat, sleep, and breathe football. I mean, we know that about Gus from as long as he's been at Auburn, just the way he talks about the game. He's not in it for, you know, to, to buddy up with the boosters and stuff like that. It's X's and O's, and it's the guys, the players. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was surprised. I thought he would sit out a year, but uh, you, you can see, you can see too, he, he really sounded rejuvenated in my mind, even though it was only like eight weeks that he was out of coaching. It's a nice little break, but I think he knows that he's a football coach through and through, and he's ready to get back to it. Sir, you ain't wrong, though, man. That's where I'd be. I might be in Orlando. It wouldn't be for work. I'll tell you that. You'd have a PS5 right now. I could tell you. <laughs> Speaking of kind of the money, the one thing that I also find just fascinating and interesting is within hours of Gus Malzahn being named the head coach at UCF, we have his contract numbers that he's making 11.5 million in five years from UCF. And we still don't know what Brian Harson's contract is here at Auburn. Freedom of information at laws, Florida versus Alabama, Florida got us. Yeah, that's to be expected. I mean, maybe we'll see it here. What are we, we're 29 days away from uh, camp. They might release it. They might choose to release it just because they don't want him being asked about it. Uh, when he takes questions about football, uh, spring football. Uh, but, you know, they'll, they have a reasonable amount of time, and that'd probably be sometime in the spring they could stretch that too. They're going to stretch it for as long as they can. Uh, but we, we might find out. I was thinking about that the other day. We might find out uh, here in a little bit because they probably just don't want that to be every other question at a spring football press conference. And, Justin, you kind of brought up something that I wanted to touch on. I don't know if there's any – Kind of Taylor Swift fans that listen to us, but she tends to drop Easter eggs in her videos and songs and everything she does. And Auburn's sports video for football guy is Carter Gustin, a good friend of mine who is also a huge Taylor Swift fan. And I think Auburn kind of hinted at when spring camp is starting. And they posted the video yesterday and kept saying 20, I guess 29 days. So, um, we're coming up on spring camp. So what did you guys kind of take away from that little hidden message that Auburn put out there for us? It's kind of weird. They didn't, they haven't said, Hey, this is when we're starting camp. They just say like 31 days away, 29 days away. But uh, I imagine I, it probably has to do with the logistics of a day. Like they can't announce a day yet because of COVID and they're trying to figure it out. So for that reason, they're probably not announcing any of it. Maybe, I don't know. I know nothing. That's not something I really care to think about either. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I'll tell you the one thing, and I talked to Court Bradley, a guy that I think all three of us may have talked to uh, in the past, Auburn High offensive lineman who just announced he's walking on at Auburn. Uh, he the His biggest draw from that video that they put out was Harson in the weight room. He's like, man, that got me pumped. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, all right. I like, I like that that was the big 
the big takeaway from that video that Auburn put out. Well, figuring out, Justin kind of brought up figuring out logistics for 8A, that's kind of off the table, but let's kind of talk about Auburn men's basketball, trying to figure out the logistics these past few days with the game against Mississippi State. Supposed to be Tuesday, postponed to Thursday, and now postponed indefinitely. Um, if I was a betting man, I would have loved to know what the odds were for if Mississippi State was going to be able to actually travel on a roadway the past two weeks because of the snow and ice. Yeah, no doubt. And, and now I think it's a, a fair question of will this game be played? And I think as far as Auburn's concerned, if you're Bruce Pearl, you try to do everything you can to get this game played just because it's another learning opportunity. And I, I, I hate to kind of use that sort of coach speak language about it, but we all know the, the situation. Auburn's not going to the postseason. So if they can get that game played, I think if I remember correctly, someone pointed out like maybe March 6th makes sense, and that's a few days before the SEC tournament would start. Um, I think you try to do everything you can because this is, you know, I think a pretty evenly matched game between Auburn and Mississippi State. And you see that with the standings too. I believe they're 10th and 11th, uh, right neck and neck in the SEC standings. So, yeah, I think it's unfortunate that it came out and, and took that turn where they couldn't play. Now I'm interested to see with kind of a little longer break, what does that LSU game look like for Auburn? Do, do we see um, maybe a little more well-rested team and a, a well-rested lineup and, and seeing what they're able to do against LSU, who we've seen is, is one of the, the better teams in the SEC this year? Yeah, it's going to be tight to fit it in here at the end of the schedule. I know the women's team had that game with Missouri postponed, and it was it was off the schedule for like a month. And then they, they figured it out and scheduled it. Um, and that was, you know, that's a long plane ride. This seems like a little bit easier travel. Um, so I think they'll get it in, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, maybe they'll be more rested. Maybe they'll be a little more focused. Maybe, maybe they'll spend more time. I'd be interested to ask Bruce how he spent the time. You know, did they spend it out on the court? Did they spend a little more time in film? A um, little interesting, but uh, yeah, like you said, no postseason for this team, so they just need games. They want every game they can get. So they've got – they're obviously at Auburn uh, in Bruce's office, they're really hoping and pushing to get this game rescheduled. Yeah, and you speak about um, LSU team traveling there for a game Saturday, and LSU is just coming off that big, uh, let me see, 13-point win against number 19 Tennessee last weekend. So – and Auburn's coming off a two-point loss at Kentucky, something that – um, we thought Auburn might win at Kentucky for the first time in years and the third time in program history, but came up short. So it'll be interesting to see how Auburn rebounds from that and goes to LSU and facing a team coming off a massive win last week as well. Yeah, I'll be intrigued to see what it looks like because, you know, we've seen Auburn has really stepped up with some of the, the tougher teams that they played, maybe outside of a Baylor, but they played really well in that first half. I think that they could come in really motivated. And, you know, I had a chance to ask Bruce earlier this week about that Kentucky game and the fact that they cut a 14-point lead in the second half down and, you know, tied it late. And, you know, his biggest thing was, as nice as that was, how did we let it balloon to a 14-point deficit in the first place? You know, he wants his guys to play more consistent. This is another opportunity. I know that it kind of sounds like a broken record at times with this team, um, but we've seen flashes and we've seen that they have talent. It's a matter of putting it together and, and getting a big game on the same night from like a Sharif Cooper and a JT Thor, who I was incredibly impressed with how JT played against Kentucky. It's another opportunity for those guys to go out there and, and show what they got and maybe upset LSU on the road. 
Well, kind of transitioning into women's basketball, the women's team was also supposed to play Mississippi State on Thursday. That game's postponed until no one knows. And that still leaves top rebounder Unique Thompson, I think, nine rebounds, Justin, nine rebounds from the record? Nine short, nine away. She has 1,109 rebounds, uh, nine short of Becky Jackson from the early 1980s. Auburn's all-time career rebound leader with 1,118. Uh, she has, I guess she had three games left on the schedule, and this is one of them. Uh, kind of the good thing you could take away, though, is that uh, if they if this game doesn't get rescheduled within the next week, which it might still, but uh, she could get the rebound record at home instead of on the road because they were going to travel. So she could get to celebrate it at home uh, with their next game. Uh, I think it's against Arkansas, but. I, she's still got plenty of time as long as a reasonable amount of these games get played and she doesn't get hurt or sick. Uh, she's, she's, she's got it. She'll probably get the nine in the next game she plays. And it's, so it's nine to tie, 10 to break it. Um, that might be one of the, the only positives you might take away from this, from uh, these, this rescheduling is that you need, might get to break it at home instead of on the road. Well, you know, um, it's not just winter sports going on right now. We got some spring sports underway. Uh, Auburn softballs kicked off their season last weekend at home and we were all kind of impressed by a freshman pitcher so um, I don't know if you guys can tell us a little bit about Auburn's new freshing, freshman pitching phenom. <laughs> it's pretty funny because Mickey Mickey Dean as always does not reveal his pitching rotation I mean like Phil Marshall asked him in the zoom and he's just like well, well somebody's gonna pitch the first game and then when they get tired someone's gonna come in he literally doesn't answer the question so none of us knew I mean none of us knew that this was gonna be the ace this was gonna be the top arm going into this weekend uh so yeah uh, only 26 all-time uh no hitters and she's got she, she was one for one after her first game that's pretty good. Uh, she's a really highly touted player. Uh, she's from Maryland. Um, so yeah, Maddie Pinto. Uh, and then her, her second game, uh, I think she gave up maybe two hits and one run. Uh, got two wins on the weekend. So she was, you know, she's a day one starter and a day two starter. Um, so uh, she did well. And then this weekend, they're going to Jacksonville, Florida, and they're going to play South Carolina, Jacksonville, and I think North Florida in a tournament. But South Carolina will be that first SEC taste. So I'll be interested to see Maddie if she throws against uh, South Carolina. I'd like to see it uh, just because, you know, South Carolina isn't one of the elite teams in the, in the SEC. Um, but, you know, that's the SEC ability. You will be able to see her, you know, against, you know, a little step up from Southeast Missouri State. So that would be that'll be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I think she had seven strikeouts in the first game, six in the second. Uh, pretty impressive debut for her. Wow, what a what a slacker in that second game, giving up two hits, man. But, you know, we always talk about how competitive the SEC is in softball, and I think, you know, having someone like her break out for Auburn, that could make a world of difference. So, yeah, and I think the, the point you hit on, Justin, that South Carolina series, how much does she pitch? What does she look like? Does she look like, you know, the number one starter as we think she might be for Auburn? Um, that'll be a really good test and really interesting to see where she's able to stack up against South Carolina. It's crazy because SEC football is, I mean, SEC softball is a lot like SEC football, I was going to say, because you can be the 15th best team in the country and you're the 11th best team in the conference. <laughs> uh, you can have the 10th best recruiting class and you've got the 8th best recruiting class in the conference. Uh, so it's crazy, but uh, this is, 
kind of this it's a weird class that they have a really good class i mean and maddie's kind of showing it that the tout you know the the rankings and all that you know for her uh you know it's, it seems like it was pretty well warranted and there's a lot of uh, reasons to be excited about the freshman class uh the thing about this team is they have the five super seniors who are the five seniors who for covid came back uh so they're just blending all that together uh but it's gonna be weird but that but obviously that's happening everywhere across the conference so uh, it's going to be a season unlike any other. So it's going to be weird. And I just briefly want to throw in, uh, if anybody's in Auburn this weekend, I don't know what baseball's seating regulations are, but Auburn baseball kicks off its season on Friday against Presbyterian. Any, you guys have anything to add in about Auburn baseball other than, hey, season starts this weekend? I'll be really interested to see what their pitching rotation is going to look like just because, you know, talking to Butch Thompson, they're still kind of ironing that out. Um, and with Jack Owen hurting his finger, what does that kind of do to, to what their pitching situation looks like? Um, excited to see, you know, kind of jumping off of what Justin just said, you know, the like the softball team, the baseball team has several super seniors coming back. So they're loaded with guys that they know they can count on. The problem is, you know, so does the entire SEC. There's a lot of guys that have, you know, really proven themselves in this league before. And SEC baseball is, is super, super competitive. Um, so what is Auburn able to do? What is our Auburn, you know, what does Auburn's lineups look like? Uh, because they've got talented guys and, and Butch has talked about guys that they have signed a few Juco guys and, you know, some other guys that are joining the program. Can they carve out a role, whether that's off the bench or wind up, you know, proving to the coaches they're um, worthy of getting in the lineup. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I have to imagine we might see a lot of different people in the mix with, Presbyterian and some of these early non-conference series, but um, you know, probably a lot to learn from this early part of baseball, and it'll be fun to see. And got to think if anyone goes out there, uh, I don't know if I'll be out there or not, but I know if I will, I'll probably be wearing one or two coats, probably <laughs> chilly to start off the baseball season. Well, other than baseball, you know, Justin's still got another winter sport under his belt. We got women's gymnastics. They are at home on Friday against Georgia, so. Another rivalry at home. Auburn obviously hasn't won a meet yet this season, but I, I'd argue that the SEC this year in gymnastics is also similar to how y'all said about softball and football being at just a powerhouse. Oh, you ain't lied, Sarah. I mean, Flor so Florida and LSU met the other day. I was watching right before uh, Auburn met Missouri, and they both hit 198 against each other. It was insane. It's a ridiculous score. Uh, but I was kind of talking to Jeff this week. It was interesting because they were on the road and you're trying to lay down. So the thing about gymnastics is for the postseason, it doesn't really, wins and losses don't matter. What you need to do is you need to lay down your best two scores at home and your best two scores on the road. Uh, you drop everything else. You take your best two. So you only have so many road opportunities. So that was kind of the story last week. They finally got a 196 on the road. So they got to drop an ugly 194 from earlier. Anyway, uh, now it's interesting they're coming down the stretch run of the season and there's only three meets left. Um, basically they're trying to just hit, uh, you know, he was basically breaking down regionals and the NCAAs. And it's like, well, if you go to regionals, if you get a 196.5, you can go to the sweet 16 basically of gymnastics. If you get a 197, you throw that, uh, you can probably punch your ticket to the, you know, the elite eight, the national championship meet. And that's, I mean, ultimately that's where you want to go. And in a sport like gymnastics, Florida and LSU, they're the only ones competing for the national championship this year. They're so far ahead and you can't play defense and that's just how the sport works. But what you want to do is you want to try to get to that championship meet. You want to try to get, or as far as you can in the postseason, so that when you're recruiting, 
you can say, I'll come to Auburn because in 2021, we went to, you know, the regional meet. We went to a step further. We went to the Elite Eight, you know. Uh, so that, that's, that's where the goal is right now. But um, they're probably going to throw some good stuff against Georgia because they're, I mean, they're getting close to postseason form. So a lot of them are going to be throwing, um, you know, their top highest possible score uh, routines. And he liked what they threw. You know, if they all hit, you know, they would have had a 197 on the road, which is great. Uh, but, you know, you just got to, kind of like basketball, you got to make your shots. So it's, it's kind of like uh, he likes the shots they're taking. You just got to hit them. Uh, so I think they're going to, you know, like sticking with the analogy, they're going to shoot a lot of threes this weekend and just see uh, see how much they stick, see how, see how well they do. So that'll be a big one, uh, Georgia. And then they go to Florida, number one in the country. That'll be a tough one again. And then, and then Arkansas to close the regular season. Yeah, basically I think what Justin's trying to say is this meet at home against Georgia – you're going to see them doing even crazier stunts than they normally do. And it'll be more high flying and probably more fun to watch and um, more tricks that if you try to do them, you would, you would badly hurt yourself kind of like any of us. Um, So this weekend should be fun in Auburn sports and um, hopefully there's no more snow, you know, Uh, people out kind of more West of us are getting to enjoy some snow. Uh, The snow kind of ruined my plans this weekend. So, you know, I'm from the north. Y'all are from the south. What do you guys kind of remember about the snow? I don't remember anything like this down here. I'll start it, Justin. And the the first thing that comes to mind was when I was a junior in high school, it never snowed. I'm from North Georgia, uh, from Jasper, Georgia. It never snowed growing up. You know, it snowed very rarely. And the beauty of where I lived was it snowed one time when I was junior in high school. We had snow at my house for maybe two days, but I lived like 10 minutes from basically the top of the mountain in North Georgia and they had snow up there and we missed a whole week of school because none of the people that lived out there on the mountain could come down the mountain. Probably be two or three video games and to me had the perfect amount of time of having snow. We had it for like two days, had some snow fights, you know, uh, got on a, a, a little inner tube and went down a hill with it. Wow, that was fun. Then it got out of our way and we were able to enjoy a, a week without school. Man, we, we'd we have snow. We, we'd get excited. We'd wake up in the morning because we know it's going to be gone by 1130. Like it was like <laughs> the sun's coming out. The snow's gone. It's done. Uh, I don't know. Mostly, most of the time uh, when we got to a certain age, we just cut up on four wheelers and slid around on it as much as we could. I do remember when we were little, uh, built a snow ninja turtle. Uh, it's like we're not gonna build a snowman. We're gonna build a snow ninja turtle. <laughs> so it, it basically a snowman with the eye, the eye ribbon. That was about it. But uh, I remember that. That was a good one. And then my brother, I know he made a snow cow one time, which was it was like laying down. Then it was a cow. It was hilarious. So there we go. That's what we did. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen snow. I remember it snowed here in Auburn when I was in college. So that was in like 2011, 2012. But that's it. I was you know. Obviously, it's not in Texas, but that's different. It's not here. Yeah, my, my snow in Pennsylvania is a lot more. You know, my eighth grade year, uh, missed a lot of school. Uh, definitely, we tied some sleds to the back of our neighbor's four-wheeler and went uh, kind of around the yard and three feet worth of snow sliding around. And then senior year of high yeah, senior year of high school, we did not have a single full week of class for the beginning of December until after President's Day. So... We had a lot of snow. I felt like it never stopped snowing, but you know what? Being a senior, graduation was a set date. We didn't have to make up any of those, I think, like 
10 or 12 snow days. So the rest of our school went to mid-June and we were out by, I would say before Memorial Day. So always some good memories in the snow, but um, we don't have snow here, but uh, lots of Auburn sports. So you guys got anything interesting coming this week? People can kind of check out. Speed checking, uh, checking in with the baseball stuff. Uh, we'll be keeping tabs on Auburn football as we get closer and closer to spring. Um, other than that, and then we'll have basketball on the road Saturday. So I'll be tuning in and watching that and seeing if they can beat LSU. But, uh, yeah, just, just another a weird week because of the schedule being mixed up like it was. But I'm sure that uh, all three of us will have some really interesting stories to, to come up in the next few days. Yeah, we got to get these games played, and then we can talk about them, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. Let's see if we can get some games played. Well, guys, thank you so much for um, everyone kind of supporting us on this journey. I know this is episode number three. We're still kind of getting used to this and getting used to, you know, today a little bit of technical difficulties, internet issues, and still trying to work through everything. So we appreciate everyone's patience and hopefully support. Hopefully you like this. And we greatly appreciate if you continue to listen and watch us each week. And we'll see you about this time next week.